Don't eat don't. Don't don't don't. Skype, Skype, Skype. Are you there? Skype, can Skype, you hear me? Skype. Oh, very quiet. Oh, oh, wait. I can very fix that. Very quiet, Nathan. How about how about now? Is that better? Still kind of like garbled. How like you like me now? Like, oh, Jesus, Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's that. That was Jesus. Jesus says hi. <laughs> it's the voice of God. <laughs> That's me. It's oh, a me, a Jesus. Well, do you want to talk about probably the most offensive Garth Brooks album? Not really. I mean, that's why we've been having this lovely conversation about how racist we both are. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh boy, are we? I guess. I guess we'll do a retroactive intro, huh? Yeah. Welcome we to go. Think Outside the Box Set, a podcast about listening to an artist back catalog and sometimes appreciating it but in some other cases like this one not really appreciating it and i'm nathan hunt and i'm cameron dewitt and fuck this album and fuck <laughs> garth brooks he learned nothing in 12 years nothing he became worse i have one question for you can we just stop right now all right <laughs> <laughs> Micro episode, everybody. <laughs> it's only 10 minutes long. Man Against Machine is dumb and stupid and bad and offensive. And don't, lis- don't listen to it. Don't buy it on fucking Ghost Tunes. Oh, wait, you can't. Because <laughs> Ghost Tunes Because Ghost is Tunes is canceled and back in March. It's all dead. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there's... Okay, we'll, I mean, we'll get into it, but... Uh, there's one song I liked. Interesting. Decently. Interesting. There are some non-offensive songs, and there's one that's incredibly yeah, like, offensive. Oh, God. Um, and I wonder which one you're talking about. Oh, it's hard to say. It is kind of hard to say. I think I know. But. Yeah. But there's there's also uh, some that give me the heebie-jeebies, even though they might not necessarily be as directly offensive. Yeah. So, let, let's like, the whole deal, my whole idea for Garth Brooks is to talk about the pander meter, right? Yeah. That was like my main interest in it. And it sort of petered off towards the end. Like there wasn't that much pandering. He would kind of yeah. go back and forth. But there was a lot of albums that like barely had any pings on the pander meter at all. And I, my whole like idea was, did he create pandering in country music? And ultimately, I think those those first albums in that in, in the first period of his career before he semi-retired. Right. I, I don't think he created pandering in country music because I don't think so. There were some moments, but but mo- most of the time he steers pretty clear of it. Yeah. And he even like has the opposite of pandering a few times, like kind of challenging his audience to yes. be yes. more progressive and inclusive. And ultimately, I, I loved that. And I really appreciated that. And I love to be proved. I love to be proven wrong about like judgmental ideas that I yeah. have, you know? And so that was great. But this fucking album, now we got proven right. Well, I think what happened is the age of pandering country music was at its peak at some point during his, uh, retirement. And now he's cashing in and in yeah. the worst way. Yeah. I think, I think this is, I mean, we talked about it last episode a little bit, how we, we didn't. I didn't think that we were going to see the influence yeah, of 9/11, and I think this might be it. I think this is 
This is yeah. uh, this is our jingoism, oh, God. our xenophobia, our American violence and imperialism, and expeditionary right. wars. It's all here. Um, even get like horrific, toxic so masculinity in a few places. And it's it's all the the weird thing is that it's all pandering without pickup trucks. Like it panders to the uh, regressive and reactionary tendencies of some of his audience, but it doesn't like have the trappings or the accoutrement or the uh, the aesthetic uh, that I would have expected. Right, right. There's not a lot of like um, con- country pandering specifically. We're talking to me. <laughs> Hello. I'm talking to Nathan. You want to talk to Nathan real quick? I can't see her. <laughs> Hi. Can you can you hear me? Hello. He doesn't want it on. Uh, okay. I love you more than Garth Brooks loves moms. <laughs> Man, he sounds like a real all-American kid. <laughs> Very much so. You you know what I mean. <laughs> oh, thank God he's God. I'm getting tired of boys. Yeah. We're, we're making all these jokes, like, and uh, hopefully no one's heard this album, so they don't know what we're referring to. <laughs> and hopefully they never do. We're doing call forwards. <laughs> I wrote down some 2014 things. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's very recent. Yeah, but I, uh, I mean, like a bunch of crazy it's just a stuff. haze of drugs and alcohol for me, so I don't remember anything. What happened in 2014? Okay. <laughs> all right. Um, I just, like, skimmed the list. Like it was a fuller list because I guess it's been like uh, not as curated because it's so yeah. fresh. Time will curate this list of uh, 2014 events, but um, I got a bunch of just bonkers, batshit, crazy ones. Uh, February 18th, Ukrainian Revolution of 2014 yeah. begins as protesters, riot police, and unknown shooters take part in violent events in the capital, Kiev, yeah. culminating after five days in the ouster of President uh, Viktor. Yanukovych. Then uh, March 8th, um, the uh, disappearing Malaysia Airlines. Yeah. That was bonkers. Yeah. Yep. Still haven't um, found it, right? I don't really remember what happened with that. I think there was another flight that year that got shot down. It was also a Malaysia Airlines, and like everyone Ugh. died. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't think it was the same one. Uh, yeah, but, I think you might be right. uh, March 21st, Russia formally annexes uh, Crimea. Yeah, part of the Ukraine. There's part of Ukraine, rather, not the Ukraine. International condemnation. Um, this one is a crazy one that I forgot about. The Royal Thai Armed Forces, led by... Uh, oof, I'm not going to try that name. I'm not good at Thai names. Uh, they stage a coup in Thailand, suspending the kingdom's constitution, taking control of the government... Uh, Mm-hmm. Yeah, that happened. Syrian civil war death toll reaches uh, 130,000. Oh, my God. Four million are displaced. so rough. Yeah. Yeah, everything's awful. And this is... I forgot about this one, but there is this, um, this terrorist group in China that, like, stabbed and killed in, in like, um, in a railway station. And they stabbed and killed, like, 29 people and injured, like, 130. Oh. I don't know if I ever heard about that. Yeah, so it was like a, it was a group stabbing thing, and uh, I can only imagine that everyone in America was like, "See, are you going to outlaw knives?" It's like, well, probably. Aren't some knives outlawed? <laughs> Isn't that a yeah. thing? <laughs> I don't know. Swords are probably not something you just walk down the street carrying. 
Unless you're white. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you're super goddamn cool. <laughs> you got like one, William Penn. You got one of them samurai swords. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we got to talk about this album. Uh, yeah, I have a few general thoughts. Um, Hold it off as much yeah. as possible. <laughs> That's the end of the episode, everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Oh, God. <laughs> um, he, in this album, he reunites with a lot of his former musicians like the same fiddler, drummer, bassist, uh, Trisha Yearwood on the background vocals wow. again. Um, That's interesting to hear because I thought listening to this, like, man, this sounds just like a lot better. Uh, and I feel like maybe that's actually just because it's like modern yeah. production. The, you know, the production. All of the fiddling sounds like fiddling. Yeah. Sounds like fiddles, not like a fucking direct-in yeah. pickup. There's some pretty bad um, production, though, and I don't know if that's just the digital copies that I have are pretty terrible, but we'll get to that. Right. Um, <laughs> because this is a more modern album, there are a lot more accessible reviews on the internet. And so Wikipedia references several of them. Okay. Some of them are really good. So Jim Faber from the New York uh, daily news gives it two and a half, two out of five stars and says he should have waited longer. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, Two and a half star reviewer for the Buffalo News, Jeff Meyer, suggests Man Against Machine arrives naked and unassuming, though. The contemporary country scene acknowledges Brooks' influence, how could it possibly not, but it doesn't necessarily want or need him around any longer. So welcome. <laughs> I know. Right? Uh, harsh. So welcome to the world of classic rock, Garth. Better not to put too many new tunes in the set list. Stick to the hits and nobody gets hurt. Right. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. Yeah. I don't disagree though. Yep. Um did you did you read about the the two concerts that he was going to do at Croke Park Dublin? Yeah, there's some sort of controversy about it, but Yeah, I so he has two concerts back to back in July 2014. Due to high demand, three additional shows shows were added and a total of 400,000 tickets were sold. Jesus. And Wikipedia is pretty vague about this. It says due to a licensing conflict, Aiken Promotions and Croke Park Management were prompted to cancel two of the five concerts after conflict among nearby residents. Maybe they were afraid of the noise what? or whatever. Well, yeah, or getting trampled to death. Uh, I get. Oh, yeah, I guess. Brooks, committed to performing the five original concerts, refused to follow through with the request to only perform three, and all concerts were canceled. Oh, crazy. Yeah, it's a little bit diva, because he started with two. What a maverick. Then they said <laughs> five, and then they're like, oh, wait a minute jk three and instead of sticking with the number that is still higher than the initial number he agreed to he's like nah. mm. yeah sometimes um you gotta go against the grain <laughs> and get severely <laughs> punished in for like it. old john wayne <laughs> is that yeah. rebel, rebel blood uh, oh god um before we get into the songs i think we <laughs> do, okay I'll, I'll give you a choice do you want to do you want to play drinking games for this album or do you want to play bingo uh <laughs> i guess um i guess bingo because i don't have anything okay. to drink oh man okay so uh i <laughs> uh put a mark on your bingo card every time you hear unnecessary rock music style guitar solos uh-huh. Uh, every time you hear jingoism, every time you hear choruses repeated way too many times, uh-huh. and every time you hear fake out endings. 
Okay. Yeah, we're just going to get blackouts. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm glad you didn't choose drinking game because I wouldn't remember anything. (laughs) Speaking of blackouts. Okay. Uh, All right. We've put it off as long as we can. Synopsize the song "Man Against Machine" from the album "Man Against Machine." So at least he, um, at least his album title makes sense in that it's at least a song on the album. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, it doesn't make sense in the sense that uh, looking at the album cover, you can tell what it is because it just says "Mangarth Brooks Against Machine." <laughs> He's so swollen. This album art. We've been talking about it and getting ready for a while, but yeah. Yeah. He's a real big un, big un in this He's one. He's so airbrushed. Also very airbrushed. Oh, His look at that. His face is, it just, ugh. Look at that. He looks like a Madame Tussaud model. <laughs> He's got those weird forearms. bug eye glasses. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you see those big forearms on just chub boys, though. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not convinced that's muscle. Yeah. He might be pushing him out a little bit. And he, he has, like, his shirt looks like it's, like, all... um uh polyester he looks like he's wearing under yeah, he's having a one man <laughs> he's having a one man wet t-shirt contest <laughs> look at that black hat okay i'm talking about this yeah. album now i mean about this song <laughs> are you do we have to mm, this is man against machine I'm going to do my my patented read the intro lyrics. <laughs> I there stayed, you go. Now you're I thinking. stayed away for one album and then I'm like, no, nah, I'm back. Uh, Pop, back on Papa, they're waiting just outside my door. And uh, quick aside, uh-huh. who's they? It'll never be determined <laughs> ever. <laughs> uh, this is where I make my stand because I can't stand it anymore. Well, pretty clever. Make my stand because I can't stand mm. I think he's made that joke before. Uh, I think he has, yeah. Papa, they have no heart and soul. But make no doubt about it, (laughs) they're the ones that's in control. So prepare yourself (laughs) for a war unlike you've ever seen. This is Man Against Machine. Work, work, work. (laughs) Yeah, he he starts into Rihanna's song. Let me see you work, work, work. Uh, There's like a chain gang uh, singing work. Uh, Is that what you thought? I, I thought it, it sounded um, industrial, like Tom Waits or Bjork or like Nine Inch Nails. A little more almost. like that, but I they're clearly going for like a chain gang like vibe. Like, because the rest of the song, it basically talks about, so if machinery is replacing human labor, how is the American supposed meritocracy going to survive? That's basically it. Like, I'm valued because of the work that I do, um, but if the machines are taking over, I have no value. And um, that's that's basically it. Um, Lately, I swear the machines are living the American dream. Careful calculations, details drawn down to design. Is it really for the better or a better bottom line? Oh, boy. Don't know me from Adam. Man, it's rotten to the core. It's going to get reminded man has kicked its ass before. John Henry's about to so, <laughs> blow off some steam in this war of man against machine. Work, work, work. 
He completely fucks up the story of John Henry. Very okay? much, very much John, so. John Henry's a tragic parable about uh, how man can't compete against a machine. Yeah. <laughs> Garth has it completely backwards. Yeah. I mean, he beats it, but he dies, and then right. the machine keeps going. It's like, good thing we have this machine to do this, like, impossible labor. <laughs> <laughs> If, if yeah, if we're if we're going to like um, finish our brutal occupation of this continent um, through the railroads, and uh, and and at least we can like have machines do the backbreaking labor is basically the idea. Um, how many songs is this song, Cameron? That's what I wrote down <laughs> in my notes. What do uh, you think? Uh, no songs. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps it's two songs or three or maybe none at all. Um, I I kind of appreciate what he's trying for in this song because sure. uh, taking on the mechanization of society and the replacement of the American worker, um, which is just going to get more of an issue as AI starts to take over white collar jobs, yeah. et cetera, um, and automation continues apace. Uh, so it's, I don't know, it's kind of a, interesting subject to write a song about but it's just so poorly written and it doesn't have much uh, to I say mean, yeah it just basically uh boohoo I it's wa- man against machine i want to keep doing this pointless labor for <laughs> <laughs> i want to keep breaking my back yeah yeah i think that's i think that's yeah. the main um pandering in this song is that it's like yeah hey your work matters you should be proud of your work um, you yeah. ruin your lives for a good cause and you should be proud of it, basically. Yeah, essentially. What what the hell is up with the lines? Because I'm a machine myself, but I'm one with a working heart. Ooh, how about that kick drum impressionism? Kick, 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 oh. kick, kick, kick. Oh, so good. But I'm one with a working heart. I get you going. I forgot what a heart sounded like. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Now I remember. Remember? <laughs> remember hearts, though? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm a, yeah, I don't know what the point is. It's it's like a, a feeble grasp at profundity. <laughs> yeah. This should be the, re- right. the real name of this album. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How about, all that, how about all that shredded cheese guitar soloing, though? Oh, God. That was so... B- there are so many awful, awful, um, like, classic rock guitar solos on this album. Hey, can I... It's so bad. Can I say? I kind of liked it. I did not mind that about really? this album. <laughs> I like a good classic rock guitar solo. It's a melody. It's one of the least offensive things. No one plays guitar solos anymore. Like, I don't even you think... You thought they were melodic? Yeah, I mean, they're playing melodies. I mean, there's like, you know, mm. rawr, rawr in there too, but like, rawr, it's a, they're good solos. They're, <laughs> I mean, they're, they're fine. They're good. I, I think they're better. I, I just like hearing solos and they're all well done. They're silly, but I enjoy them. That's not what I hated about this album. Yeah. Okay. Let's, enough with this damn song. It's stupid. Next one is also <laughs> stupid, although it's at least more fun. In some ways. Come on, feel um, the noise. She's tired of girls, boys. Girls, rock your boys. <laughs> uh, <laughs> exactly. This song is called Tired of Boys. And a young woman meets an older man 
Garf. What? What are you laughing at? It's just it's just a funny song title. She's tired of boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I thought it was going to be a song about a woman awakening to her own sexuality and ha- finding it to not be heterosexual. But no, nope. right. It just means she, she wants could, to the fuck song decrepit could... old gas bags like Garth. <laughs> hey, can we can we make a, a little disclaimer before we start? Like, yeah, it is. For, I mean, it is not wrong to have age gaps in relationships. Yeah, like that's okay. We're not. I mean, th- I mean, thirty-two, thirteen. What's wrong with okay. that? <laughs> Uh, obviously there's issues even Topical. beyond the age of consent, you know, like, and it's like tricky, but we're not condemning age gaps in relationships, period. That at least I, right. at least I'm not. No, I am. If you're not born okay. uh, in the same month of the same year, there's your relationship is bad and you're going to hell. And, uh, and Becca and I are born in the same month of the same year. Yeah. You're year. the only good relationship I know. I mean, even my relationship is sinful. Yeah. You got to get out of that, man. <laughs> got to find someone You're who's born in advantage June. of her, or the other way around. Whichever one of you is older, <laughs> I'm older by six months. I'm really, one of you is robbing the other's yeah. cradle. <laughs> I'm really robbing that six month cradle. Um, man, this is so much more fun to. to these are nah, it's so much more fun to talk about things and joke than this actual song. <laughs> But I guess I'll synopsize it. So a younger woman meets an older man, Garf, on a job site of some kind. <laughs> it is gar- about Garth. It's about Garth, yeah. <laughs> I I think... I, I never got an impression that she's, like, under the age of consent here. No, um, I don't think so. Yeah, I think she's of age, but it's unclear yeah. what her age is. And also his age. Um, right. Although there are the lines... She's full of college and pride. And it, it sounds like he's saying sounds like, college yeah. and pride. <laughs> yeah. yeah, me too. I noticed that too. It sounds exactly like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, great job enunciating, Garf. Um, yeah. So she's full of college and pride. So I guess that means she's either yeah. in college or having just completed it. And Garf yeah. calls her a kid and it makes her mad. And then she says, I guess. <laughs> he guesses it makes her mad. He can't tell from what she says back to him when she says, Don't call me kid, pops, and I won't call you dad. Uh, <laughs> Pretty good comeback. Yeah, it is uh, daddy issues, especially considering what happens after that. Because uh, she shows up at the job site one time, one day, and uh, she was waiting outside for after when he's done and says, We got to talk. They go for a ride. And she says, Here's the chorus. I'm tired of boys. I'm tired of first dates. And I'm tired of toys. I want a lover who will understand. Someone who will touch me with a knowing hand. I'm tired of feeling emptiness inside. I want to be the one left satisfied. I looked around and now I've made my choice. I'm tired of big talk and I'm tired of noise. I'm tired of boys. So that's at least half a dozen innuendos, I think. Yeah, a lot of them. Do you think they're pretty good? Do you think they're pretty good? He's too. actually like <laughs> I kind of like it. Yeah, I I, I, uh, I I don't know how I feel about it. It felt a little bit mm, objectifying, maybe, to talk about her sexuality that way. I guess it's putting the words in her mouth, so that's less objectionable than if he's saying it about her. 
Um, right. Is the line tired of toys? Do you think that does refer to sex toys or is it an I think she means boy toys from That's Boy what Toys I R Us. But, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but she does say that, you know, she wants to find someone who's older and more experienced, basically someone who can, quote, yep. satisfy her. Yeah. And then the ending is really confusing because, well, the boys still talk about her, though she has moved on down the line. They just can't figure out why she's in town from time to time. And she seems t- and they uh, they bet she's got a lover. I never say a word. I just smile and keep my head down and bless the day I heard. She said I'm tired of boys. <laughs> so is she still with the old guy? Do you think that's confusing? Well, I mean, it sounds like she's still with the old guy, but they're not like uh, having a public relationship, I guess. And it no, says that she no, moved on down the line. Fuck buddy. Yeah, but she moved on down the line. What does that mean? Didn't she like move? Does that mean she like moved away or is on a different town or something? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. She's like moved on. But every one, once in a while, she comes to get her old man sex. <laughs> she comes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the pro- problem with this song is that, I mean, I don't know if Garth wrote it, but like for all intents and purposes, Garth is singing this song. Yeah. And it is pandering and it's wish fulfillment yep. to middle-aged men. And I I do not appreciate it. Yeah. It's a real uh, midlife crisis song. Very much so. I can still fuck young women, even (laughs) though I'm an old man. Which, once again, not inherently wrong, but I feel like the attitude and, like, is is problematic. Yeah, it it feels very objectifying towards her. Yeah. Um, Which is a shame, because I don't, I don't mind the story. Yeah. And, and honestly, honestly, if it wasn't told in first person, I'd probably like it more. Yeah, I agree. If if a woman sang this song in third person, I would like it a lot oh, more. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, Can you imagine Trish singing this? The music's not bad. Yeah. I mean, I like it pretty well. I like the chorus well musically. I thought it sounded just like "Why Ain't I Running" from the last album. Out of the door, why ain't I Yeah, it's basically the same. <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of really similar sounding songs on this album. He's a copyright infringement on himself. Yeah, you know, self-plagiarism. All right, we've been talking about this pretty long. How about we move on to the yeah. next one? It's called Cold Like That. I wish I could be cold like that. Then it wouldn't hurt so bad. I could be the train for a change. You could be the one tied to the track. Tell me about it. So this is a fucking Linkin Park song. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you noticed. Did you get that too? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, man, it's so strongly a Linkin Park song. Um, obviously the arrangement is a little bit different, um, but the way he sings um, and the general vibe, like of the lyrics, the only thing that's missing is um, is for like a rapper to just. Uh, echo the words that the singer says exactly <laughs> which i think would make this song a little better 
<laughs> it'd make it goofier and kitschier and i think that would make it better because it's yeah. so self-serious i mean all right we let me that talk- garf loves his rodeos but we really haven't seen him wrangle a high horse like this before yeah <laughs> uh cold like that uh yeah the high roads no i'm just kidding i'm gonna <laughs> as a it um so uh basically uh garth in this song is is he's dumped um and he is resentful of the way that his ex-lover has so flippantly dumped him uh cold as ice uh snow in july <laughs> you're willing to sacrifice um, our love etc yeah so like um and he wishes that he could be as heartless and cold as she is uh and then you know the implication is but you know i'm a decent human <laughs> i just can't be as evil as you you evil bitch yeah but would, wouldn't it be nice if I could just live like you <laughs> and just, like, uh, play with people's hearts? Yeah. It's a very sort of modern... The 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 vibe is... I keep bringing this up, but, like, the friend zone vibe. Like, this sort yeah. of nerdy, um, jilted nerd. <laughs> Nildy jilt... Nildy jilted nerd. <laughs> Uh, do you know what I'm talking about? Like, it's like, oh, I've been, it's the Bruno Mars song. I would catch a grenade for you, but you wouldn't do the same. You know, it's just like despicable. I hate it. Yeah. The, it's gross. Yep. Pretty much. Um, yeah, this song is horrible. It's not quite as bad as the friend zone song from later in the album. Um, God, this, this, uh, this is one that I thought the production sounded terrible. And I can't tell if it's just my digital copy, but it sounded really over compressed and it, the treble was really harsh and sibilant, especially on the cymbals and the, the vocals were clipping also. Huh? I didn't yeah. get that. I was listening on my beats. So. Oh, well, that's just going to make anything sound bad. Yeah. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Take that. Dr. Dre. We got you again. Uh, I thought <laughs> I didn't him. mind the production. There's like this great string buildup towards the end. It's like okay. Um, it, it's on the words. I could be the train for a change. You could be the one tied to the track. To the track. Baby, yeah, that's... and I would murder you by dismembering you. Yeah, I mean it's kind of a good line. Uh, uh, if if it weren't in such a troubling context, yeah. If it were like in a self aware song about somebody being a jackass, uh, and for all that, the worst offense is that he ends lines on the word that so often. Yeah. Well, he wants that rhyme. <laughs> I wish I could be cold like that. So cold like that. Yeah. He wants that rhyme. Uh, let me let me read you some of my notes in chronological order. I write. No, 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 don't bring it back one more time. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> he does do that. He's got a fake out ending. Uh, and then I write, does every song have a masturbatory classic rock guitar solo? Lots. Shredded Almost cheese. all of them do. <laughs> and then I write, first three songs on this album are all over five minutes long. In the earlier... They're so long. Yeah. In the earlier Garth albums, you'd be hard-pressed to find a song that was like four minutes, four and a half. In fact... Before this album, there is only one Garf song that's five minutes or longer. Which one? Can you guess? 
No. It's Ireland. Oh. <laughs> yeah, because it has that, well, like... that that's earned. <laughs> God. <laughs> yeah, that song's so epic. It really needs to be five minutes long. Um, mm-hmm. But the weird thing about this song is it's incredibly long, but it only has, like, two verses. But the second verse yeah. is shorter than the first verse, and then there's, like, this weird abortive attempt at a third verse that's like two lines long <laughs> it's super weird uh is this this line i wish i could get off on a goodbye <laughs> is that az lyric correct i think that's correct yeah uh, that's he's accusing her of getting off on a goodbye yeah it's uh it's the old garth wordplay that we love but it's in service of something that's so objectionable and horrible yeah so self-righteous jesus uh. All right. Speaking of which. Speaking of Jesus, next song is called All-American Kid, because Jesus Mm. was an all-American kid. He goddamn was. Hey, good fiddles back. Yeah, the fiddle sounds good in this. It's the first they country song. They learned how to song. mic a fiddle. Yeah, it's the first country song on the album. Um, it still has a, yep. a shitty rock and roll guitar solo. Uh, but let me. But there's some drop D acoustic guitar that sounds mm. really nice and big and full. Uh huh. Just getting the positive stuff out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good. That's a good idea because I'm about to shit on it by synopsizing what it is. It's a story about an archetypal all-American kid. Uh, read white kid um but yeah. even though he's recruited by the or so he's he's plays football he's does some football moves that are astounding or whatever and they call the thing football and the whole fr- the, the whole thing? first thing is just a procedural for football yeah exactly <laughs> um even though he's recruited by the best colleges in the land quote he decides to become a soldier for no apparent reason at all he just Garth does not give any reason he just says like yeah he decided to sign up with Uncle Sam and then he comes back from the war with a silver star because being a soldier is awesome and there's no downside at all and America's wars are all justified and army rocks and everything that he does literally it says over and over again and the whole town cheered and his mama cried Oh, (laughs) so sweet Got his I picture love in the paper. My mom cry. <laughs> Got his picture in the paper and the headline yeah, read. Give me those Come tears. back, all American boy. Or fuck. Come back, all American kid. <laughs> I'm Damn tired it. of all American boys. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously this this uh, this all American kid is not not uh, not open to girls, boys only. <laughs> um, this. Yep. Okay, sorry, you go. Well, I was just gonna say <laughs> the very last thing. This song ends with a really strange dedication. Uh, after it gets done talking about how awesome it is to be a soldier and how unproblematic it is, it ends with the lines, this song is for those who never did come back all American kids. So it's, it's a real like pandering, throwing a bone to the support our troops people. And it really is just like a feeble little throw of a tiny little bone. Yeah. Like this song is not, it's not about the sacrifice. (laughs) Like, at all. It's all wish fulfillment. Yeah. 
just the entire time. Yeah. It's like I got I got a touchdown scoring the the the, the footballs, and then I'm a soldier and I won war. <laughs> no more war because I, I won crushed it. it. I fucking crushed it in football, and I fucking crushed it in that in that sandy place. And now I'm back. And I'm gonna crush it here. Get ready. Where's my cheers? <laughs> Where's those mama's tears? Um, seriously though, the mu- I love the music in this, which is yeah. the song made me very very mad. But I think it sounds really good. Um. He's so fucking mad, though. And there's some good construction here. Um, Got his picture in the paper, and the headline read, All-American Comeback Kid. And then later, got his picture in the paper, and the headline read, Comeback All-American Kid. Like, that switch around, I think that's pretty clever. The last chorus actually goes, the headline reads, Welcome Back All-American Kid. Yeah, which isn't clever. (laughs) It's not. (laughs) There's no device there. Um yeah, so I was just after that first verse, I was like, okay, and now the kid's gonna have like a downfall, and like he's gonna like um, become, you know, Garth has all these all these songs about about um, masculine about dreams about masculinity sort of withering, like yeah. that's his his jam, like just talking about uh, taking masculinity to its logical conclusion, just kind of failure and disillusionment. That's one of the yeah. most interesting one, things though. that he does. Not no, he just he just fucking keeps crushing it. Everything that he does. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. I'm <laughs> DJ All-American Kid. Yeah. <laughs> I have a great life. Don't you wish you were like me? Uh, yeah. This song would be really entertaining if it was just like eight verses long and he just does a bunch of different <laughs> like random shit. Like, you know what this is? He, Cameron, this is fucking Forrest Gump. It's very much Forrest Gump. Oh my god, that makes me even more mad. <laughs> he should like go to the fucking moon like Forrest Gump does in the books. He goes to the moon in the books. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I read. I, I read about it that he does that. Um, I mean, I don't have independent verification of that, but that's what I've read. He goes to the fucking moon. Well, Nathan, take a look. It's in a book. Oh, that's true. <sighs> um. I, I was listening to the flop house and and Elliot Kalen I think said something about like how Forrest Gump was problematic because it's sort yeah. of like glorifying this like um you know pull yourself up by your bootstraps like uh like just just do it just go do it and um just having indomitable will and that being like a false idea yeah it's a real triumph uh, of the will yeah and which is like is beautiful but it's like being celebrated in this kind of toxic way yeah um and i was like i never thought about it that way i think that's pretty interesting yeah i I have a lot of problems with that movie uh one of them is that he just has a super charmed life um yeah and then the the other one is it's just like this crazy weird nostalgia trip for baby boomers that is like really (laughs) strange to be a spectator to uh yeah it's like it's like it's like watching I now I remember the seventies or I love the seventies or now that's what I call the seventies <laughs> or whatever those TV shows are called. <sighs> Fucking next Mom. song, Mom. Mom, is this Mom. song really just called Mom? It really is. Hush now, baby, don't you cry. Is there someone down there waiting? only golden light 
making sure you're always gonna be all right. It is just the first of inexplicable decisions made in this song. This has this has the funniest introduction. I'm gonna let you synopsize it. No, it's, it's your like turn. To, it's my turn. It's okay. your turn. Th- this song has the funniest introduction to a song, lyrical introduction to a song I have ever heard. It is <laughs> and it goes, bat shit. It goes a little something like this. <laughs> A little baby told God. (laughs) And then a big pause, just long enough for you to go, what? (laughs) What now? (laughs) Little baby told God, I'm kind of scared. I was listening in the car with Becca, and we were just like, (laughs) 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 rewind it. Uh, and, it, and it goes on to describe um, this conversation between uh, uh, the creator of everything in existence and uh, a little baby. <laughs> and, the, and the little baby says, hey, uh, your creation fucking sucks. I don't want to <laughs> go there. Why are you abandoning me? And God says, hey, it's OK. Through it all, you're going to have a mom. You're about to go meet your mom. And uh and he says, oh, child, <laughs> of course, of course I do. <laughs> um, did I make you mad? Don't you want me to? Uh, that's what the baby says to God. Uh, there's somebody special waiting for you. Hush now, baby, don't you cry. Because there is someone down there waiting whose only goal in life. Whose only goal in life. Is making sure you're always going to be all right. A loving angel, tender, tough and strong. Women it's- are angels, period. <laughs> Women are not people. They are just angels. No. I don't know. I don't know if there's any cowboys in this song to father to be a father to this kid, but there's angels. Uh they're they're God's slaves. Beautiful slaves. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a woman's only purpose in life is to be a mother, I think. I mean, that's not a controversial yeah. thing to say. No. no. That's something we can all get behind. So, um, you'll never have a better friend, weird lyric, <laughs> or a warmer touch to tuck you in. What Ugh. about a lover? Ugh. It's way better, obviously. Um, she'll kiss your bruises, your bumps and scrapes, and anytime you hurt, her heart's going to break. I love making my mom cry. <laughs> <laughs> Make that mom cry. Give me them tears. Uh, oh, I love those mama tears. Delicious mom tears. <laughs> She's going to teach you everything you'll ever need to know. I'm not... S- I'm not saying that like people need dads to be healthy, but I think the problem with this lyric, she's going to teach you everything you, you'll need to ever need to know. I think Garth keeps idolizing women and keeps saying like men are bullshit. And um, we all know what that like leads to. Like uh, the news about Louis CK just came out and it always bothered me in his standup, how he's just like over and over, just like, Oh, men are scumbags, but women are so perfect. And like, Oh, I guess we just found out that, um, you, you weren't exaggerating. You're talking about how you're a scumbag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that's why this isn't, uh, uh, 
you're not playing it up. You're right. actually legitimately really gross. Yeah, it's, and you're it's, dealing with the gross shit you did. It's a weirdly reactionary um, viewpoint that you see a lot in conservative circles where, oh, well, boys will yeah. be boys. You know, you better dress yeah. modestly because you don't want to tempt those animals because they're just horn dogs. Yeah, it's, it's not worth that um, uh, 20 minutes of action, I believe, is what someone uh, his his brock turner's dad said oh my god really or it was like uh, a lawyer or something i don't know oh, yeah it's like okay. that kind of bullshit so we're calling rape action now huh great just yeah. fucking great i'm so goddamn mad. <laughs> hey but this i mean the weird thing uh, is beyond <laughs> idealizing mothers to an inhuman degree and calling them angels like this song is n- not that offensive no there's way worse songs it's it's pandering it's pandering i think he's trying to make a single that like moms like i guess yeah it's like a precious Um, moments figurine in song form yeah (laughs) little baby told god (laughs) yeah except for that it's a very boring song very saccharine yeah it is i just yeah yeah I, i was super weirded out by the crazy batshit theology that is in this song (laughs) <laughs> it's just it's insane um there was yeah <laughs> this is a bit of a spoiler but i saw a youtube comment on this song um where somebody said so babies are just chilling in space with god and can talk <laughs> star child <laughs> <laughs> there's a star child waiting in the sky <laughs> uh fucking let's go on to the next one i don't have anything else to say about this terrible terrible song Mm-hmm. This next song is called Wrong About You. And there are a couple uh, salient facts about this. It is by far the shortest song on the album. It's barely two minutes long. And it, not coincidentally, it's the best song on the album, maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> it's, it's definitely the most Garth song. Yeah, man, this is the Garth that I missed from, like, his first couple albums. Yeah. yeah. This isn't even, like, Scarecrow's era Garth. This is, like, No Fences era Garth. Yeah. Um, it's not a great song, mm. but it's such mm. a relief in the context of this album. Holy yeah, crap. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. It's got like the a song is like, <gasps> okay, I'm going back in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Diving out of the river of shit and just getting a breath. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a pretty cliched subject matter. It's about a man who has broken up with his lover and now questions it. And the idea of the song is summed up in the lines. You were right about me crying all night, hoping my heart breaking into you were right about so many things that I'm starting to think I was wrong about you. Perfect. So he's questioning the fact that he broke up with this person because he's like, wait a minute, their judgment appears to be better than mine. I love this idea that like this like very vindictive, like spiteful thing to say, you're going to come crawling back to me. And he's just like, oh, God, like she wasn't just being a jerk. She was actually right. Like <laughs> she knew what she was talking really about. That's really funny. <laughs> that is pretty hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there was some great Dobro playing by Jerry Jones. Oh, damn. Delightful Dobro those playing. Those pick sweeps, though, sounds so good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, I would like this album a lot more if instead of 
every uh, butt rock guitar solo, there is a sweet, sweet dobro solo. Well, fucking obviously. Hell yeah. Um, so like in my head canon, all of the butt rocks, electric guitar solos, I I like to imagine that instead of, um, (laughs) in his 12 years uh, in retirement, instead of Garth, uh, you know, becoming wiser and, and deeper, um, he just learned how to play really like, uh, shitty dumb guitar. (laughs) And he's like, I'm going to take a solo in every song. And then that's him. (laughs) That is way better head canon than what's actually happening. Thank you. Yeah, I'll, I'll treasure so. that. Uh, yeah. um, there's a half-hearted little woo from Garth at one point during the song. <laughs> I think before the solo. It's pretty cute. Wow. Vintage Garth again. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's pretty much all there is to this song. It's like a huge breath yeah. of fresh air. Great solo. Yeah. Pretty boring subject matter. I mean, except for how silly and bonkers it is. Yeah. Um. Do you want to talk to me? Oh, my God. So I wrote to you on Slack. <laughs> Man, Garth just really decided to dive headfirst into self-parody after his retirement, huh? Because this next song is called Rodeo and Juliet. Rodeo and Juliet. If there's ever been a greater love that hasn't found yet. What's to be or not to be is anybody's bed. Rodeo and Juliet. And no, you yeah, didn't mishear is. me. I didn't say Romeo. I said Rodeo, cowboy. Yeehaw. They call the thing Rodeo. And Juliet. And Juliet. Um, so the basic vibe in this is um, it's kind of similar to It's Midnight Cinderella, like where they're trying to do a mashup. Um, but this mashup is more incongruous and never quite works. Yeah. Uh, but basically trying to mash up, uh, you know, Shakespeare talk and uh, and quotes with rodeo. And exactly. the story is that um, Juliet, similar to the male rodeo protagonist in the past, um, eschews a romantic uh, people love for romantic rodeo love. <laughs> um, and uh, basically, yeah, she just like everyone wants to fuck her but she's just too busy doing a rodeo the thing that i appreciate about this is that it never it never condemns her yeah for being more into rodeo than men so i think that's a plus mm-hmm. um the song's kind of dumb yeah uh rodeo and juliet if if there is okay so az got everything wrong do you have the right lyrics did you uh, correct it at all i, I did find a site I mean, that had the, the right lyrics uh there's can, a su- can you just read it there's a surprising amount of just horrifically wrong and bad lyrics for this song uh most uh, most sites got this the um first verse horrifically bad um uh-huh. <laughs> the lines are those two were seen in fair verona riding queen from arizona and People, I guess, didn't recognize the words Fair Verona because they transcribed yeah. it as Pharaoh, Pharaohona as if it were yeah. like a single place. <laughs> um, yeah. 
So the chorus goes, Oh, rodeo, wherefore out though, though. <laughs> so it's written. Yeah. Um, okay, go ahead. The chorus goes, Rodeo and Juliet, if there's ever been a greater love, Voust hasn't found it yet. What's to be or not to be is anybody's bet, Rodeo and Juliet. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. To yeah. thine own be self, uh, to thine own self be true is all she knows. Yeah. She doesn't want to, she just wants to fuck that rodeo. That, that line is uh, from Hamlet. Basically. Also, to be or not to be is from Hamlet, <laughs> in case you didn't also, know. Also, ironic... I didn't. I don't I don't know. Okay. <laughs> um, ironically, even though all other rodeo songs are tragedies, this one, which should be a tragedy yeah. because yeah. it's Rodeo and Juliet, yep. it is not a tragedy. She doesn't they drink any poison at all. Not even a single drop. Yeah. She does not tragically die with rodeo. Um, they're both fine and just thriving and just having a great time with each other. Yeah. I think whoever wrote the song has a fundamental misunderstanding about what Romeo and Juliet is about and what it's for. Interesting you say that because I thought the exact same thing because this person does not know their Shakespeare. They make some Easter egg references to Hamlet and one of the sonnets. So they're dabbling in more things than just Romeo and Juliet, but they really buy into the whole stupid and wrong idea of Romeo and Juliet as a great love story. If yeah. it's anything, it's absolutely 100% not that. That is like the only thing that it is not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a drama about warring families and feuds. It's, a, it's about yeah. young people getting caught up in those feuds and how foolish and idiotic young people are when they get horny. Plus, fucking Juliet yeah. is like 13 and Romeo is probably around 16 or so. And yeah. the ending of the play just really showcases what morons those dumb two idiot teenagers are. <laughs> they literally, like, kill themselves out of sheer stupidity. Both of them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm so stupid I died. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Well, gosh, I just got... I just dumped myself to death. I forgot to breathe. <laughs> uh, that uh, apothecary is just like... Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and let this happen. <laughs> I, Bingo! I hate these dumb kids. Yeah. Oh, speaking of not getting Shakespeare, uh, uh, it made my skin crawl to read it just a few minutes ago. But there is some horrifically bad ungrammatical uh, attempts at Il Elizabethan English in the chorus. Mm. Uh, if there's ever been a greater love, Thoust hasn't found it yet. Do you know what the word mm. Thoust is? It's a contraction what? of thou hast. So the line actually oh, no. reads, thou hast has not found it yet. Oh. <laughs> Great job, guys. Oh, no. Really early totally changes the meaning. <laughs> <laughs> you have have not found it yet. Yes, you have. Uh, I uh, uh, did not do my homework for that. <laughs> I was just like, okay, I, I get it. It's just Shakespeare. It's what you think of Shakespeare. Exactly. <laughs> but it's wrong. Um the music's really fun. There's like some really fun chromatic stuff yeah. going on. So it's it's western. Sw it's a western, yeah, western swing. swing, and it's very delightful. I like the brushes on the drums. Sound pretty good. Oh, there's a moment. Maybe you can like. I don't know if you caught this. To thine own self be true is all she knows. Right during that line, there's some sort of there's like a woman talking in the back. Of yeah, the mix. I was gonna bring that I up. I I didn't I didn't want to like blast out my eardrums trying to turn it up and hear what she says, but. She does say yeah, something. Yeah, I didn't get it either. Rodeo and Juliet. 
I wonder if yeah. it's on the lyrics site that I found the correct lyrics on. Oh, dude! I nope. just want to put a request. Just put a put a little bit of that that delightful slide solo in this. Oh, it sounds so good. And Juliet. There's a piano solo in this. It might be like the first piano solo, and it's like pretty fun. Hmm. And Juliet. There's some good piano moments yeah. on this song, or not the song, this album. Uh, there, are, there are yeah. several that feature a There's piano some bass. Really bad piano. Wait, oh. what do you mean piano bass? Like the bass line is played on the piano. Oh, I see. I yeah, see. yeah. Um, not this song, but uh, the next song actually, and that's my segue into the song called "Midnight Train." It's not going to Georgia, so don't get your hopes up. Yeah, <laughs> it might as well have it's, that. It's going to. In parentheses. It's going to Mumford and Sons land. It really is. Feel the rum, hear the roar, my heart is rum, like a thousand nights before, in the driving rain of a midnight terrain pass through. Okay, can can I talk about just like the music of this really quick? So, be my guest. When I first heard this, when I first heard this, I was like, oh, this is 2014. It's ripping off Mumford and Sons, like very directly. Then I thought, you know what? This song sounds a lot like the song that One Direction, a couple years after Mumford and Sons, started the whole Genericana revival. Um, and Which song is that? Their song, Story of My Life, came out in 2013. And if you play these two songs back to back, they're almost identical. Oh. Same guitar rhythm. The chorus is almost the same. The story of my So this is a de- is a derivation of one of the most derivative groups ever. Yikes. One Direction. So this is two degrees removed from uh, Mumford and Sons, which also is not incredibly <laughs> not incredibly <laughs> not very original either. Original. That being said. These aren't great lyrics, but I like them more than Mumford and Sons lyrics. Eh. They're not trying as hard, and I appreciate that. Yeah, <laughs> it's not. So. It's not a bad song lyrically. It's another song about. It's a, really pretty. Yeah, it's another song about a broken up relationship. Um, the dude drinks whiskey and reads the Bible, and he has he has some pretty good lines. He says, "Neither one, but Lord, they've done their best. They can't stop the thought of you <laughs> like a freight train passing through." And the you he's yeah. referring to is not God. It's his broken up nope. lover. <laughs> Um, yeah, it gets into some really ghostly and spooky imagery. It's uh, it really literalizes the whole 
idea of being haunted by your former lover. Uh, it's got the lines, yeah. heat waves on the rolling hills, rise like ghosts of love that's dead, haunt this lonesome highway of regret, can't slow down, I can't look back, until this train runs out of track. You can't outrun that one you can't forget. It's like I'm frozen in this dream while she's slowly gaining speed. Yeah. This is, like, not bad. It's not bad. It, the writing, actually, is kind of interesting because the yeah. the rhymes are not particularly close. No. Um, so there's definitely, like, some yeah. real It is a little confusing. There. It's like, are you on a highway or on a... Or is it a car or a train? What's going on? Is it heat waves <laughs> like, or are you frozen? What's... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Make up your mind, guys. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, it does repeat the chorus way too many fucking times. Oh, That's God. That's one thing. There's a lot. Uh, yeah, this this song is has the one that has the piano bass, which sounds pretty good. I almost always like that. Yeah, why not? Right? Why not? It's the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Okay, next one. Tell me about. Oh God. Oh God, help bingo! us all. Cowboys <laughs> bingo! forever. <laughs> Everybody just all hit bingo. <laughs> Everybody just filled three different bingo cards. I love bingo. We're cowboys, cowboys forever. We'll stand together as long as we live and breathe. We're cowboys, cowboys forever. Cowboys only like six, eight time. (laughs) Okay. I'll have to go back and check, but I think every cowboy song that Garth's ever done is just in 6-8. Just a lopey 6-8. Mm. Uh, so this song is about how um, uh, cowboys uh, created modern American culture, I guess, and they're responsible for everything that we love. And uh, we're cowboys. Um, yep. Who are we? Uh, specifically... Um, cops and truck drivers and uh, soldiers um, and nobody else yeah and nobody else uh, so men um, it feels like it's white men because it's saying cowboys and everyone's idea of what a cowboy is even though it's not true mm-hmm. is that it's white men instead of white uh, black Native American Mexican and, there's um, a shitload of Mexican cowboys and Mexican and Mexican yeah so uh yeah that one generation that transformed a nation uh, as the as the descendants we all salute here once again AZ got a lot of lyrics wrong so I don't know if that's correct but uh yeah just uh the biggest the biggest pandering ever we're cowboys Ugh. cowboys forever we'll ride together as long as we live and breathe we're cowboys cowboys forever we've always been it's what will always be we're cowboys forever make america great again <sighs> basically uh i wanted to barf during yeah. this song it's really like the oh. grossest manifest destiny garbage swill that there is that one generation that transformed a nation Oh, you mean the ones that invaded a bunch of land and had a war with Mexico and committed genocide? That generation? Yeah. Great. Yeah, it really transformed yeah. the nation. Great. Great job. <sighs> yeah. Um I mean it did it did. <laughs> I it's I guess on a te- it did very technical it. level and people it transformed. Do it. Salute. Yeah. 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 Destroyed the ecosystem. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Got rid of all the best people. <laughs> <laughs> So it's another horrible, jingoistic song. Um, 
it's really just pandering to the worst of American mythology, which really yeah. stands in contrast to the cowboy song, which is totally the song title um, from In Pieces, which pretty yeah. much directly deconstructed this same mythologizing that this song is guilty of. Right. It had the whole bits about like the cowboy is being a cowboy isn't what it looks like in the movies. It's actually a really hard life. He didn't mean to bow them legs or put that gravel in his voice. Right. <sighs> and and it's like, it's very much this sort of post-kid rock idea of like, what is a cowboy actually? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no one knows what they did, but uh, I like them. <laughs> uh, there is the worst, just most unearned take it up key, key change, change in this yeah it is the sloppiest <laughs> worst key change ever featured in a garth brooks yeah. they were like uh here we go and it's and then writing that right on its tail is one of some of the worst piano work in any Garth Brooks song ever. It's just going down, 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 just over oh, and over again. I remember again. that. I was going to make a stupid so joke about like Coldplay or something, but I was like, no, this, yeah. is, <laughs> this is even lower than Coldplay standards. Chris Martin got turned into a cowboy baby. That's all I could play. <laughs> he loves them diapers. Okay. Yeah. Man, fuck this song. Next one. Speak, speaking of Coldplay. Ah, uh, yes. People loving people. <laughs> the answer to the problem is people. Loving people. That's the enemy of everything is evil. Ain't no quick fix at the end of a need up. It's just people loving God, this song makes me fucking mad, too. Yeah, well, join the club. Um... I mean, at least he's trying. He's trying to write a song that uh, is advocating for peace and harmony. But let me synopsize it. I don't care. <laughs> That's also my synopsis. That's all I have to say. I don't care. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, no, no, no. I do care in the negative sense. Yes. I don't care what he <laughs> what he's trying to do. So the synopsis. Garth hates philosophy. He has the lines, you won't find no resolution <laughs> in the bottom of a bottle. In the stars are Aristotle. The only answer to the problem is people loving people. And this is yet another song where Garf offers a simplistic band-aid for the problems of the world. But, oh, wait, wait, this is the thing. I did actually get super mad at this song. <sighs> um, because it, it wouldn't be so bad if that's all it was. If he was just like, yeah, everybody just come on, get together, smile on your brother, everybody try to love one another right now. But yeah. there's this really strange undercurrent of victim blaming for people suffering yeah. from addiction problems. The chorus yeah. uh, is people loving people. That's the enemy of everything that's evil. Ain't no quick fix at the end of a needle. It's just people loving people. Who who, who said it was? Yeah. Who, who said that there was a quick fix at the end of the needle? You know what, Who's claiming you know what, that? You know what the problems of this world need? Heroin. That's going to solve everything. Yeah. That's what people have been saying for years, right? Right? Uh, right. Yeah. And then he has like the lines about doctor, you ain't got a pill for whatever's making this world ill. You won't find no resolution at the bottom of a bottle. Uh, yeah, it's like pills help a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Sometimes pills specifically help people love other people. <laughs> they really do. Yeah. Oh, God. So, yeah, biggest problem in this one is is just that I completely disagree with it. There's this great article that my friend reposted. She She's like, still relevant. And uh, it was from a year ago. And the name of the article is um, Love Doesn't Trump Hate. You remember this? Love Trumps Hate. Yeah. Um, it was in response to, you know, Donald Trump's hateful speech. And the idea is, like, we're going to overwhelm it with positivity. Yeah. Not, not, not a terrible idea on its by itself. Yeah. You know? But, um, and a lot of, like, beautiful things happened with that attitude. But... This article said, love doesn't trump hate, accountability does. Um, yeah. And I think, I think I agree. And like, you know, being raised religious, I w- we were focused, for some reason, the read of the Bible that I was taught, I don't know about you, over and over and over again, is that um, uh, individual acts of kindness are... Um, are in and in themselves the things that will save the world, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to the Bible being a subversive, uh, like, uh, library of progressive literature about like toppling empires and the, you know, and like systems needing to die. You know, Jesus mm-hmm. saying, "I uh, didn't come to bring peace. I came to, you know." I come with a sword dividing man from brother. Like he's, he's talking about the kind of peacemaking I'm going to like offer is like not nice. Yeah. Um, and it's going to hurt and people are going to get mad because I'm going to threaten every status quo and the things that you, that make you comfortable are you're going to have to give up or they will be taken from you, you know? And it's like, a very, very aggressive, like, message um, that mm-hmm. is not about, it's not people loving people. Right. And, like, I think that message is that, yeah, just people just need to stop being jerks to each other. That's, like, so, it has nothing to do with anything. Like, yeah. obviously, people should be should be nice. But if you're nice to someone else in the context of, like, privilege and systemic racism and inequality and systemic racism and injustice it's like if it's like what about fucking somalia you know it's like people aren't well i'm sure there's plenty of very nice people in somalia but like like the crime in somalia isn't because people don't love each other (laughs) you know (laughs) it's because their hierarchy of me needs aren't being met and like there's a corrupt situation uh, and it's because of the systems. It's not because uh, people um, are incapable of love, you know, yeah. and it's like, oh, people just need to be nice. Yeah. Yeah. No. It feels really similar to his bastardization of the song right now from the Chris Gaines album where it's yeah. like, dude, that's it's not as simple as that. Yeah. It's like just yeah okay yeah that's all okay that that was my that was my uh my anti-christian rant (laughs) for the episode (laughs) (laughs) okay uh next song is called send them down the road then they're not free at all and though you just can't bear the thought of letting go pick them up 
dust them off It's your turn to synopsize. Okay, so I referenced this one earlier, but um, this is the song that I liked. Interesting. Okay. I I actually like it pretty well. It's pretty simple. It's pretty saccharine, but I don't know. I'm a dad, and I appreciate it, and I struggle with this all the time. Mm -hmm. But basically, it's like you have to... You have to let kids make mistakes, um, and uh, and your parents had to let you make mistakes. So it's sort of this simultaneous, like accepting um, that uh, <laughs> that you are allowed to be hurt and experience suffering as part of existing, and then passing that on and receiving that from your kid. You know, yeah. or like, yeah, so life like, is suffering that. Yeah, you can cry for him, live and die for him. Uh, I kind of like this line. It's a little cheesy, but I kind of like it. You can help them find their wings, but you can't fly for them. Yeah. Because if they're not free to fall, then they're not free at all. And though you can't just go, uh, and though you can't let go. No, you're no. missing a line. And though you can't. You just can't bear the thought of letting go. Okay. You pick them up. And though you just can't bear the thought of letting. Yeah. You pick them up, dust them off, set them down the road. Yeah. Like in the Wiz, yeah. Move on down the road. Exactly. God, I love that song. That song's so great. Um, yeah. Yeah, I I totally agree. I think these are some of the sweetest lyrics Garth has sung in any of his songs, yeah. actually. But yeah. unfortunately. <laughs> I really did not like the music on this song. I was listening to the album Interesting. for the first time at work while I was working, and I didn't even notice the song had started. Like a minute and a half into it, I was like, oh, wait a minute, there's a song playing. It's just like so bland and generic. Uh, it's like a... It's like really? A, yeah, it's like, you, a, it's like a generic soft rock. Did you hear the piano intro? I mean, I, I, apparently I didn't because I didn't even notice the song had started. The piano intro is super interesting. It has a very discordant piano intro. Really? Oh, maybe I'll listen yeah. to it again. It just sounded like a generic soft rock song to me. It's not even very country. It is. Um, there's a little bit of pedal steel, I guess. Um, yeah. There's some pizza cats in there. Did you, did you see the pizza cats? Nah. <laughs> this song just like <laughs> did not make an impression on me at all musically. Not even pizza cats. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but you love pizza cats and make you hungry. Apparently. Uh, pizza. <laughs> ah, callback jokes. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I do have written in my notes. This is the only thing that really stood out to me from the music. I wrote, there's those guitar solos I hadn't been missing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there I, they are. Very, very sweet song. There's, there's a stray yeah at the very end of the song. I don't know if you caught that. It's like a yeah. No, <laughs> I didn't catch that actually. Yeah, it's very low in the mix, but it's like, what, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> Someone was just wandering yeah. past the recording studio. I was like, yeah. All right. Uh, the next song is called Fish, and 
It is. It's a fish cover. <laughs> it's a fish cover. You'll be sitting pretty down on East Street. You can't do anything that you wear. He says you mean fish. So this is a kind of an interesting song, actually. It's the first story song on the album. Uh, and it's mostly not offensive, actually. Um, yeah. So Garth goes on vacation, and he runs into a man who's fishing all day long. And so Garth pompously goes over, and he says, I'm going to teach you how to be successful. And the chorus goes, you can sell these fish you're catching. You can buy yourself a boat. Hard work and dedication, and the next thing you know... You reinvest your money, you'll be captain of the fleet, you'll be sitting pretty down on Easy Street, and you can do anything that you wish. He says, you mean fish? You mean fish? You mean fish? I like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I thought that's kind of cute, just kind of like undercutting this uh, this weird bootstrap parable um, fantasy that so many libertarians and conservatives really like. Uh, by just saying that, like, yeah, he can do all this work in his life to get to a point where he has the leisure to fish, or he can just take that leisure. Um, I right. mean, of course, there's a certain amount of privilege in being able to have that leisure in any way, under any circumstances. Right. Um, but it's it's kind of interesting. But, Jesus Christ, does Garf really light it up a neon with a big air horn? They make I it- was going to say, I didn't really appreciate this song until the second verses when he spelled it oh, out for me. Oh, now I understand dummy. what's going on in this inscrutable <laughs> song, this enigma wrapped inside a mystery. Uh, uh, so the second verse goes, his simple word... Consult wor- song meanies. <laughs> um, I'm going to read the last half of the second verse. So I asked myself a question that I knew the answer to. Is success a second mortgage on a house with a pool? On a big house with a pool, or is it a chair, the salt in the air, wetting the wine? That advice that I tried to give him to take him to the top was really nothing more than just a crock. Sounds very Dr. Susie. Mm-hmm. And so he ends up buying some tackle and bait, and he just starts fishing next to the same guy. He totally missed the point. It's like, no, it's not literally about fishing. <laughs> He's like, I get it. The I answer get- to life's mystery. It's I need a fish. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, this song also has a piano bass bit that I liked. Pretty fun. Uh, he sings a low D in this song. I think it's the lowest note he sings. Really? Where Where in that song? He sings... It? He says the word fish, 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 fish. It's basically Dr. Seuss. Uh-huh. One fish, two fish. Uh, but the very last fish, I believe, is a low D, Ooh. which is a very low note. And he kind of scrapes it out. I bet he could sing it strong, but he just sort of kind of goes, fish. Like that. <laughs> and uh, it's kind of fun. Yeah, we just fish. Yeah, fish, fish. Okay, Cameron, it's time. Thank God I don't have to synopsize this song. Tell us about You Wreck Me. And I don't know why I'm out of my mind. I'm stuck in the rain, standing in line, watching your world go by.
Okay, so this is another like straight up musical theft. Oh, because really? Because this song is, uh, I'm not going to write you a love song by Sarah Bareilles. Really? Like, yeah, there's there's this one moment specifically. Um, <clears throat> do you know this song, Nathan? Uh, may, uh, vaguely. Oh, here, not let me just familiar. sing the whole thing real quick. <laughs> the entire song. Uh, I'll sing you the part that you'll probably recognize. I'm not going to write you a love song because you asked for it because you need one. Yeah, that does sound familiar. Uh, but there's this one part, especially in... Well, the whole chorus sounds exactly like that Sarah Bareilles song, but there's this one part especially that's like this chromatic kind of walk-up, mm-hmm. and it's the same. It's just exactly the same. Uh, let me f- let me find what the words are so you can find it. Um, that I'm crashing and burning and somehow you can't see. I love the way that you wreck me. Mm-hmm. This is a friend zone song. God damn it, Garth. This is probably the worst friend zone, friend zone song, and it's the most transparent. Um, you hold me like you're scared to let me go. You look at me like I'm invisible. Basically, he's there to pick up the pieces from this like uh, failed relationship. Um, I don't know why I'm out of my mind. I'm stuck in the rain, standing in line, watching your your world go by, and I can't believe that I'm crashing and burning, and somehow you can't see. I love the way you wreck me. Um, so it's this sort of, yeah, it's, it sucks. Tell me what I got to do to paint me in your perfect picture. I think he already used that lyric earlier in the album. I don't remember. Yeah. Uh, my heart's running in a race I can't win. And I can't just, uh, I just can't help myself. I want to write it on the wall for you to see. Would it matter if I got down on my knees? Ugh. Um, so yeah, that's the whole song. God damn it, Garth! It's I expected it's better. It's a real from bummer. You. I'm so yeah. disappointed in him. Yeah, sp- it's it's like reading the Reddit uh, uh, subreddit for Red Pill or something. <laughs> God, uh, especially yeah. the especially the worst offenders. I think of the opening lines. You call me crying on the phone at two a.m. and I rush right over. Yeah. You talk to me like you never talked to him, and I just don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God yeah. damn it, Garth! He's written a lot of friend zone songs in the past, and they're always, I think, critical of the narrator. Yeah. And they're always in first person, but they're always, like, kind of critical. And, you know, sometimes they're still a bummer, but this one is just the most, just like, it's the pandering Yeah. It's horrific. It's just panders, panders all over this album. Just Yeah. <laughs> and, and the worst kind of panders, waddling. like, unqualified, uncritical, not yeah. self-aware panders. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't even want to joke about this song. I had this excellent, excellent joke I had written it down, written down about how this is another song about pegging. You know, you wrecked me. But (laughs) I'm just like so disheartened and dispirited. I don't even want to joke about it. Um, I I will say though, So you're not going to. I'm not going to say that joke. What I will say, though, is that. I've just now decided I'm going to headcanon and reinterpret this song to be about a woman. And so now, instead of a friend zone, it's two women. And the one woman uh, 
is pining for her heterosexual friend. And I th- mm. think that makes it a little bit better, maybe. Yeah, I think most Garth Brooks songs would be better <laughs> as lesbian songs. <laughs> yeah, Sim- similar to the um, uh, I'm Tired of Boys. She's Tired yeah. of Boys. <laughs> yeah. Like that one, too. Yeah, That'd that would be, really be so good. much better. Okay. <sighs> fuck this song. Fuck it. Double fuck. Fuck it. Go fuck off, you fucking song. Yeah. <sighs> okay, one last one and then we're done. Oh, so close. Uh, this one's not even actually that bad. This is called Tacoma. And yeah. it's a it's a shout out to the Pacific Northwest, which is a first time for Garf. Um, yeah, I kind of I kind of appreciated that. Yeah, it, I was pandered to, and yeah, me too. <laughs> and it worked. I don't, I'm not even from Tacoma, but this song doesn't really have anything about Tacoma except itself, except for how far away it is from everything. <laughs> Tacoma is the new Timbuktu, <laughs> haven't you heard? Exactly. <laughs> Might as well be it's going the to the mysterious Orient. <laughs> darkish Tacoma (laughs) Um, yeah so Garth breaks up with his lover again it's another breakup Uh, he's just breaking up like every five minutes he's got he's got to change his strategy Um, Mm. this episode sponsored by okcupid.com so he decides he needs to escape and there's a very subtle implication that she might have cheated on him um, there are the lines. Yeah, I'm hurting like hell, but honey, how could I not be? You make me oh the joke and the fool. Ugh, these lyric transcriptions are terrible. <laughs> um, but I've, I've heard those similar phrases to that when uh, getting cuckolded. So I wonder if she might have cheated on him. Not clear. Yeah. Uh, so he says, might make it to Memphis, but that ain't far enough. I speed down the highway to Tulsa, Missoula, so fast that the hurt can't catch up. I'm burning your memory one mile at a time, all the way to Tacoma. By then, I hope you're out of my mind. That's pretty much it. Call back to that train song. Yeah. The burning memory. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, he has a few moments. He talks about a lot of places. Where, yeah. else, you, where, where else have you been, Garth? Well, he's been to Cheyenne. Topeka, Cheyenne. Yeah, he's always talking about Cheyenne. Yeah. Yeah. He had made a phone call Cheyenne. to Diane, and he said, "Get on the horse, Boris." This is a real, this is a real smoky blue-eyed soul song, and there's a fucking gospel choir too. Yeah, I liked that a lot. Yeah, musically, it sounded pretty good. I liked it. There's some kind of uh, impressionism, singing impressionism. The way he says words fall out my mouth is very sound. It sounds like words are falling out of his mouth. <laughs> The words fall out of my mouth and onto the floor. I'm needing him. It, it kind of reminds me of that uh, Weird Al parody of Smells Like Nirvana, where he's like, it's hard to sing with all these marbles in oh, my mouth. Yeah. And in the music video, the marbles are just falling out of his mouth. <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's a very good joke. <laughs> Would do business again. A plus. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, yeah, it's it's not too bad. It's actually kind of a good song. It's one of the stronger ones. But by the end of this album, yeah. I'm so exhausted and beaten down. I don't even want yeah. to listen to a song I could enjoy. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. Real bummer. I'm I'm like legitimately very disappointed. Like non non ironically, I'm not leaning into this for you know I've developed I you know I've developed a relationship with his music, and this was just like when he's been offensive in the past. It's it was in the past, so I had some ability to forgive it. Um, but now because I understand you can't say, Oh, this didn't age well. Yes. You know, it's just like, man, this is right. This is just the other day, you know, when you came out with this and, uh, yeah, I'm just like kind of mad and yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. I, I feel like I have, I have a certain special place in my heart for Garth Brooks now, which I never thought I'd say in my life. And I just feel, I just feel like a, I, I mean, I want him to succeed, and 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 he will someday. <laughs> God, uh, that's the secret about the relationship between audience and performer is that the audience wants the performer to succeed. It's why if you yeah. like mess up a line during like a play or something, it doesn't really matter. People won't really remember it that much unless it's like super right. super big fuck up. Um, and people want us to be entertaining and charming, <laughs> so when we're not, you know, people still listen. <laughs> 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 they can wait a hundred years and it's never gonna happen. Uh yeah. yeah, so not even once. Not even once. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, I want him to succeed and I'm so disappointed. I feel like a, almost like a, a this parental just like, oh, I'm so disappointed in you. This hurts me more than it yeah. hurts you, Garth. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. He's got one more. He's got one more. But I I actually I have high hopes for Gunslinger, or at least higher hopes, because it's much, okay. much shorter. It's only 35 minutes long, <laughs> which is the less length of Less chances to fuck up. Yeah, less chance to fuck up. Probably much less bloated songs. Uh, it's around the length of, like, No Fences. Um, and I heard the first song by accident on my playlist, so it actually sounded not bad. Okay, cool. So here's an interesting fact about Man Against Machine. There are zero comments on songmeanings.com. Oh, wow. Not a single one. I think, well, I think part of that is that song meanings has become a lot less popular than the early days of the internet. And so people don't really go there anymore. Right. <laughs> um, so in lieu of that, I have a few uh, amuse-bouche for you. Um, I'm going to be a plagiarist and look at Yahoo Answers. Dot com. Oh, good. <laughs> uh, one sec. Let me pull it up. Yahoo Answers. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, Yahoo Answers, a cool name seven, writes, I need the African-Americans to answer this one? <laughs> Question mark. And she writes, okay, do black people listen to, I don't know, like country or any music besides rap and R&B? I'm not trying to be racist, I swear, and I don't think I am, but like to you guys... <laughs> Jam, ever jam out to like Pearl Jam or Pimp, Pimp Floyd or any country music? I'm just curious. <laughs> Update. I mean Pink Floyd. Pimp Floyd. Update two. I thought so, but I was just making sure. Thanks for all the answers. Update three. No, I don't know many black people. Otherwise, I would have asked them. <laughs> oh man. Uh, yeah, that's it's kind white of white curiosity. It's it's a little charming, I guess, in a certain way. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, the curiosity—it's—it's a—it feels like a fairly innocent curiosity. 
Yeah. I mean, she does kind of stereotype. Like, do you guys listen to any music besides rap or R and B? It's not like they invented fucking rock and roll or jazz or blues. I found this uh, Reddit thread. Um, uh, this just titled. Who else thinks Garth Brooks looks like a douche on his new album cover, Man Against the Machine? <laughs> Just saying, I know I shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but ellipses, he looks like someone from the late 90s I would have avoided talking oh, to. And then yeah. in parentheses, with those shades, rounded goatee, and I hadn't noticed this before, but thick necklace. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now I gotta look up the necklace. He, he is wearing a necklace in it, and it is thick. It's, it's just like a like steel beads, right? Yeah, it's a steel oh, beads. Jesus. <laughs> um, oh man, the related questions to this one. Okay, they they really tell a story. Um, African Americans, please answer. Uh, African American question. Everyone answer. African American <laughs> African American question. Please answer. African American answer only. And finally. Why do non-African Americans answer questions aimed at African Americans? <laughs> <laughs> Damn good question. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> yeah, but the reason I, I stumbled across this is that w- the best answer, voted the best from Deity of Peace, uh, wrote that he or she listens to some country, like Garth Brooks. Uh, and that's the only country they listen to except for Shania Twain. Um Someone in a different answer name checks Brahms and, and Radiohead and Schumann and David Bowie. You know, David Bowie is the first white guy to be on Soul Train? No. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> oh, no. I just I just realized that this person also writes in their answer, Old Hole. <laughs> I think they mean <laughs> the old music of the band Hole, but... I just I just want to imagine a band named Old Hole. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, that's also my favorite website by the way. oldhole.com. All right. Well, uh this has been Think Outside the Box Set. You can uh check us out on the internet at boxset.website. Please leave us a review on iTunes if you like our program. It really helps us out. You can also follow us on Twitter at Tote BS Podcast. Uh, <laughs> you can also listen to Cameron's other podcast, which is called Get Up in the Cool. And it's really cool. It's about old time music, which is cool. It is yeah. banjos, banjos, banjos. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> Banjo. I hardly knew her. <laughs> yeah. Uh, All right. Yeah. Well, This has been Nathan Hunt signing off saying, I'm a cowboy forever with an old hole. (laughs) Uh, This is Cameron Duet. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Good one. Uh, This is Cameron Duet and tired of boys. (laughs) 